Hi, my name's Brian, and like most of you, I'm staying at home during the pandemic. To pass the time, I decided to get some of my friends on the record about what they're cooking, how they're doing, and anything else that might be on their minds. Join me on What's Eating You. This week's guest, Jackie, joined me at the close of Labor Day weekend to reflect on a really strange summer of lockdown, lobster rolls, emphasis on the plural, and of taking care of ourselves and each other. You may notice that this week's episode features a bit of an audio level imbalance. Please bear with us. This is another important conversation about an issue that affects us all. With that, Jackie, I'd like to welcome you to What's Eating You. How are you? How are you doing this holiday weekend? Thank you very much, Bryant. It's a pleasure to be here. Even though I am in my parents' home and not in your presence, (laughs) in northern New Jersey, just spent the weekend relaxing by the pool. It was a beautiful weekend, as you are in the same weather, and I'm sure you know. I know you went to a few barbecues. That's right. And, uh, you know, just took the motorcycle out, um, went along the Delaware River, and like you said, I actually went to Washington Crossing Park, so I was outside in the park. Hanging Ooh. out. This is a. It has been a. Made the most of it. This this weekend, the last week in the summer, right? Yeah, I guess so. But it didn't really feel like summer ever came. That's true. We are an endless not <laughs> summer. I mean, since since March, um, things have been weird. Things have been weird. So you said you're your parents. It remind me, you've been there since since March, or when did you pull the plug on on the Big Apple? Yep, I think we. I think I looked back and it was March 12th. So that was the day after um, our company sent us to work from home. I actually went that Wednesday night before to, I like to say the last um, live sporting event of 2020 what was that? Um, at, at Madison Square Garden, wow. the Big East tournament. So we were joking around because most people were joking around at that time and it didn't seem so serious, but we kept saying, because no one was really there. We were like, this is the last sporting event. Turns out it was. So (laughs) So what was the mood that wasn't really like really... It was weird. It was weird. While we were there, yeah, not so many people and it's usually not packed. We went last year and it's not packed because it's kind of, it's the first two rounds. So, um... Like fans only. It's a re- yeah, it's a really cool atmosphere. But people were there are a lot less people this year because people are starting to get worried. And we actually got the news about the NBA while we were sitting there. And Jeez. we were like, okay, that's that's the end. That's when things are gonna start tumbling downward. And the Ivy League actually made made the first decision, so at first, I was like, "This is ridiculous! Come on, like we're definitely gonna, we're definitely gonna have reunions. They can't cancel reunions." Um, so, but it for was someone with pretty that people, surreal. The fact that you bailed on the city, like you said, next day, basically. That's yeah, because my my brother lives in Brooklyn, and he started saying that they might shut down the city. And my parents live so close that I knew it would have been better to spend, you know, a week or two in lockdown at their house. I Ended up being, how many months are we in now? <laughs> and I really have only been back twice to go get some more clothes, but still paying rent, 
but I'm saving money, so yeah. all, like, is, all is good. And you like your parents. They're cool people. Oh, you know them. They're awesome. <laughs> My dad's been making a cycle cart. I was going to ask. How, what is how, that? How, what? What? What, what is, is that, you ask? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a grown-up toy car. So he has built it from scratch. It is actually amazing. I'll send you some pictures. He has the frame built so far out of steel. And he's he's taught himself how to weld. What? He's Oh, yeah. All, this is all happening in the basement. I'm sorry if you hear some loud noises in the background. <laughs> And yeah, he he became friends with this community of people who are also building cycle carts. And he has these friends on Facebook and they talk about their journey. And he it's his first time and he doesn't really know what he's doing. He jokes about the fact that he has to do everything twice. First, um, to just see how it works and then second time to do it for real. But it's been taking him since the start of quarantine, but it's been on his bucket list. So that makes bread making look so JV. Like that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. So now he just took it to his friends up north, and a few of them have them, and they built a track, and he rode it around with them. But his big goal was to drive it on the Indy 500 track, but that got canceled. Oh, so there's a pedal cart race. Yeah. Oh no, these aren't, this has an engine and everything. It goes about 30 miles per hour. Oh, it's um, a full-blown car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Real engine, all that. So I guess he's just waiting for a safe time to race it. Okay, you said toy, but this is the next level. It's a, You really build a, <laughs> a, basically a miniature scale car, race car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he sits in it. Yeah. Have you Have you sat in it? No, but he built he built it big enough for um for me to fit in it and for Max, my boyfriend, to fit in it. And he's six seven. And Max is like, You really don't have to do this. It's probably gonna slow you down. And he's like, No, no. So it, well for all the listeners, he's South African, which makes things really funny in his accent. He goes, No, no, everyone must enjoy this. <laughs> so have you have you gotten to ride in it yet? <laughs> No, no, it's not complete. He really won't show anyone until it's complete. Oh, this is gonna be good. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's a character. I mean, hearing what hearing what your father's been doing over quarantine it almost makes me almost makes me scared to ask you. But I know you took a big a big trip to to chase one of your passions. <laughs> I did. Well, my first big trip was I had to convince Max to drive down to Florida with me. Uh, my parents have a condo down there and it was empty because they usually rent it out for the whole year, but it was open because the rental company didn't want anyone in there. So I know Florida was a big hotspot, but it's part of a kind of like a hotel type resort mm -hmm. place and the condo usually gets rented out, but it was free. So we said, let's go down there. Might as well. Um, while it's fairly safe, I mean, we're driving down, we won't, we'll be super careful. So it took us 24 hours total to get there. Um, we stopped at my friends in South Carolina, but we made it and we spent two weeks there just kind of in our own little secluded area. Um, but then it was actually perfect timing for us because we got out of there right when 
cases started going up again. So you that was our like first out ad- running it all over the place. Oh yeah. I am outsmarting COVID. So I should not go to I say well, I say that now and watch me get it. <laughs> this isn't even a joking matter though. I shouldn't be joking about it. But um yeah, so that was our big first big trip, and then we took it easy and my brother got mad at us because he's really not messing around with it and we shouldn't be either, but we, f- we felt we were being safe. And then, yeah, a week ago, we, or a few days ago, we just got back from Maine. And as you know, since you've been following me on Instagram, which has been several years now, even throughout my time at school, I have been on a quest to find the best lobster roll in the United States, I suppose. And we all know those can probably be found in Maine. But whenever I said I was on this quest, everyone was saying, well, have you been to Maine? And I said, no. Have you been to Maine? No. This is my first time. Wow. So, so I guess here's a question. Like, what, what sparked your love for lobster roll? Like, why lobster roll? You know, I don't know. I, I can't tell you the first time I had one. Because when I was little, I always enjoyed it. It was this big activity. Um, Us and our, my family and our good family friends, it would be a special night to have lobster night. It was usually July 4th. Um, And I guess I just loved it from when I was little. And then I found the lobster roll, which is so much better because you don't have to deal with all the cracking and all that work that goes into it. Um, yeah, you have to pay for it, but I, I was living off my father's budget at the time and not my own. (laughs) So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have them that often, I'd say, Mm -hmm. um, in college, but something you had enough to be familiar with it and like, you know, right. It was right. It was my, if I had one last meal, it would be a lobster roll. So maybe explain just you know for some people who I've I don't think I've ever had one to be honest I, I know what it is but I I couldn't tell you if I've ever eaten one so could you explain oh, to me like I'm Brian you clearly you clearly have not prepared for this discussion well I was like, I, know, <laughs> I know what it is I know what it is I'm right it's like then again I couldn't tell you but what makes a what is a lobster roll basically and then what makes it yeah um. It's really simple. The way I like it is a, you take like a hot dog roll, lightly toast it, um, take some warm lobster meat, drizzle some warm butter, voila. So it in theory takes a lot of work to make, but if you get someone else to make it, it's superb. Right. And the work is, but that's the the way the work's all the lobster, right? Right. You need all the lobster. And the lobster is very key to this. You need to have fresh lobster, um, which I think is what makes the main lobster roll so good. It's coming straight from those waters. But a lot of people like it with mayo and celery and all that crap. So you're a a purist. I'm a purist. But yeah, and then I... So I've read books. I've read about the history. Lobster actually used to be a sign of poverty if you were eating it because it was so readily available. Um, 
the poor kids ate it at lunch. And now times have changed, I suppose. Yeah. So I've read up a lot about it and where I can find the best. And always, always, always it's been Maine. So finally, Max, my boyfriend, has been to Maine many, many times. He grew up going there. He's a New England boy. And he kind of knew all the spots in Maine. But I had my spots that I wanted to go to, which were the lobster roll spots. So I'm very thankful for him because he essentially chauffeured me around to find my lobster rolls. But we stayed in two really cool Airbnbs, um, super clean. There were a lot of regulations up in Maine. Everyone was wearing their masks. It felt really safe. We knew we were free of COVID. So everything felt safe. And I got some really good lobster rolls. And you can look at my Instagram if you'd like to see my reviews. So can you give some of the highlights? You write these reviews and I think people would benefit from check. Like I was surprised, I guess, even by how, like you said, it's like basically like a lobster hot dog. So I don't, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me. I'm, I, I got to try one now. I got to have one the next time <laughs> I can. But like. You do. They still look really shockingly appetizing in a way that I hadn't thought they, they would. What what, what some of the highlights were of some of the ones you had that were really good? And I forgot to say that Max does not like lobster. So (laughs) So that made it even more special for me. He would get um, like fried clams or he was trying, he was on the quest to find a good clam chowder at the time. So he'll, he'll have like clams or other seafood and most places had hamburgers or hot dogs. But, um, Hmm. You know, I was following this book that my brother had got me a few years ago, where apparently this woman went up the coast of New England and ranked all these places. And I was disappointed with some of the places that she told me about. Her top place was probably my bottom of the list. And I have a feeling it's because those places have gotten really touristy. And the quality has probably just gone down. So the really good spots were the unexpected ones that we kind of just found along the way. But my top, top, top of the list, which is everyone's top is McLoon's. It's very North, I guess, East, but I think of it as like going up, up, up Maine Mm -hmm. and it gets very Islandy up there. And so you have to travel about 30 minutes from any sort of civilization to get to this lobster I don't know what it's called. It's where they, what's the word I'm looking for? Port. It's like a port where they collect all the, all the fishermen go there. And those are where they package up all the lobsters and send them across the world or country, probably not world. That I literally saw a kid pull out my lobster for them to crack and put on my lobster roll. It was so fresh and exactly the way I liked it. And I was a happy girl and I had it with a nice root beer float. I don't think you'll see me happier. <laughs> That's to me. Cause like you said, so freshness, right? So like you said, go to the yes. source, get it out the water if you can. Right. It, it, like what is lobster a big deal? Like, how do you know what a good lobster is? I'm curious, you know, cause there's, you know, like for example, like the hot, I'm going back to the hot dog example, you know, a good kosher hot dog is good just because there's like not also not a lot of ton of other stuff in it. Right. You know, it's just, beautiful. right beef or whatever like what's the lobster i guess you know tell me more about lobster because i it's like you said it's sort of a it's come to be this sort of 
finer thing, but a lobster roll, I feel like, still makes it kind of accessible. Right? Is it tail meat? Is it chopped up? Like, what is what is the meat that goes into it? Yeah, it's interesting because some places use different parts of the lobster and they'll omit some other parts. But I think the one at McLoon's used every single... So it was essentially a lobster in a roll. So they just use every single part. But yeah, the I'd say the tail is probably the the meatiest part. Um, and then... I like this one place we went, they really chop it up into thin slices, but I like it like actually looks like it came straight from the lobster. But this place, they chopped up the lobster and put Miracle Whip with it. And apparently that makes it sweeter. Um, And it was actually interestingly really good. So I had never thought of that one. But I think, yeah, getting it from right from the source, putting it in, boiling it, to heat it up um, and then you crack it once it's warm and it's still warm and then you serve it. I mean, these places probably have secret recipes that I'm just not too sure of, but that's how I like it. Okay. And so how many did you eat? Cause I know you reviewed a great deal. Did you eat more than that or was that, you know, and this is a week you say seven days. I had eight lobster rolls in seven days. Which day do you double up on? Jeez. You know, I don't recall. I'm trying to think. I'm not so sure. But when I first got there, see, I also had to take each each time as a, with a grain of salt because I, I also took into account my experience. So the first night obviously is going to taste like the best lobster roll ever because I hadn't eaten a lobster roll in so long. And last night, the last day, we went to a lobster roll place, and I was like, you know what? I just need a cheeseburger. (laughs) (laughs) I will admit it. I got a little not sick of it. I was just like, I need a cheeseburger. Yeah, I did. But I, yeah, I mean, one day it was rainy, and apparently that was the best kind of experience, but we didn't get to experience it because we just ate in our car. But, um... And I'm sure circumstances are different when you can really like sit outside and mingle with people, but everywhere we went, you really had to stay away and find your own spot to eat. So a lot of the times we took it to go and ate like at a park bench or something. So who knows, maybe it got soggy on the way. Um, so. So you're making allowances. It could have, maybe there was not yeah, you know, better away, but. Right. But you did, at least you ate them all pretty much under the same circumstances, like you said, on the bounce, one way or another. Right. So I guess it was under fair some circumstances. But <laughs> do you feel like your quest has ended or is there is oh, more out there? Absolutely not. You know, it's funny after this. So I put everyone kind of knew that I liked anyone that has followed me on Instagram for a while kind of knew that I liked lobster rolls because I would post about them a lot. And I kind of took a hiatus because. I don't know. I just kind of felt like it was annoying. <laughs> but then I'm like eating this $25 meal pretty frequently. I was like, you don't understand. I've been saving for this trip. Um, but it's it, what's funny is after I posted all of this, people have been messaging me like crazy saying, oh my gosh, but you have to try this and this. So I have a whole new list of recommendations for my followers there you go so yeah so the quest 
the quest will never end. And I actually have a class, not a classmate. He was a year above me. Um, he back when we were in college, he had this idea of opening a lobster shack in Texas because he's from there and there's no lobster rolls out there. So who knows? I might be opening my own lobster roll place. Could be a franchise open, open around the country. We'll see. That would be, that would be awesome. <laughs> I got to now, I mean, I have to figure out where I should go to get one now. Well, I mean, I'd say, well, you're in New Jersey. I don't really know. I'll, you know what? I'll look it up for you. But if you're ever back in New York City again, Luke's Lobster is the best in the city. Their main spot is in Maine. We actually saw it in Portland. They ship all of their um, lobster meat right from there. And you know it's straight from there. Um, they make the best lobster in the city. Yeah. Um, but I'll find you one in... Where are you, Trenton? Yeah, yeah exactly. Hmm. I'll write this down. <laughs> so what, what's been your last um, quest to find the best? Uh, a long time ago, I was, actually when I lived in New York, I was cataloging great burgers. That sort of tapered off a little bit. Um, just because there's, you know, more than lobster roll burgers are kind of just everywhere. Uh, right. In a way that almost makes it hard to catalog. And like you said, if you got tired of eating lobster roll, you'd get tired of even get tired of eating burgers. So <laughs> I sort of slowed down with that. Um, geez, makes me wonder now if some of those places are even still open anymore. Well, what was the best you had? Uh, I mean, Shake Shack's is really consistently excellent. Interesting. There was now, another... now wait. If you're putting Shake Shack as the top, do you mean you were rating like fast food or all of them? And I would like catalog by you know there I ate some fine dining ones. Um, yeah, I would go to steakhouses and get their burger. I would eat you know small because Shake Shack's also like borderline because it's still right. fairly a small a fairly small franchise, which is why like I said their their quality would be pretty good um, usually. Then, the big, the big chains weren't a part of this, but you know, like Johnny Rockets in in New York City. I went to I went to the sort of the secret burger spot in the Parker Meridian, uh, Mineta Tavern down in the um, West Village. Uh, so I would go to like some of the you know top list places in New yep. York, and then when I would you know obviously travel, sometimes I would just go to a place, or but I, then I lived other places too, you know. So it's kind of like right the mecca of burgers slipped away and i sort of fell off of doing that interesting i don't know why hmm. but maybe, I maybe we should right maybe we should this is our start your burgers burgers and lobsters have you been to burger and lobster, burger and lobster or, I have been, yes and what do you think a good burger see so see they make their lobster roll not the way i like it really what's wrong what's wrong with it they do mayo and lettuce ah so it's it's a little more like a sandwich then right Right. They, they're doing it wrong. But I do have a question about Shake Shack. See, I like their burger, but what do you think about their fries? So that's another thing, right? So their fries are good. I think they're crispy consistently, crinkle crut, uh, which is good texture and that really holds condiments well. So if you like to dip them, that's mm. super useful. 
they're usually short, which can be a problem. It's interesting now that you say this stuff. I'm thinking about it. The <laughs> fries are usually like real stubby, you know. Yeah, that's not great, but they work well for their place, you know, for their burger and their you know their sauces. The way they come in those little cups, it, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm not a crinkle cut girl. What do you hate like? to say it? I like not too, you know, like McDonald's. Really? Something, something like that. But like salty or and, and potatoey. Thin. And... I'll I'll send you. I'll show you. Um, I had fries that come, came with one of my lobster rolls to die for. Shoestring. Yeah, I like shoestring, but it depends what I'm eating it with. Have you been to Houston's? Uh, no. Oh my gosh. Add that to the list. Really great burger and really great fries. Okay. Yeah. That's a chain, but they only have a few. I have it. I think they have one in Houston. Get it? Makes sense. And one in <laughs> right by, it's probably not too far from you, but it's like in, in between me and you. Oh, I gotta, I gotta hit it. You do. I know. So in addition to food, you're talking about social media and you are an influencer. And I think you, you do have to, <laughs> no, I'm serious. you like, we joke, but you kind of have a lot of following. I know in your, your day job, you're kind of involved in, you know, keeping people engaged and activated um, in the interwebs, so to speak. And so yep. you are, you are good at it. You know, I want to give you your props. Thank you very much. Um, and I saw you partnered with uh, a, a, another, another friend to, to sort of, I guess, a, des- a great designer taking over their their gram for a week what was what was that like how did that how did that come to be yeah mckenna hair she is now a senior wow that's weird because i never played with her um when i was a senior i was recruiting her to play and at princeton basketball and she is doing this awesome thing on her she started a new instagram account where she's highlighting woman that she finds interesting or has have anything have something to share so and she's also a really good designer digital designer and apparently she's taught herself all these skills in her free time and so she's a really fun person um, really talented smart and she asked me because I was genuinely interested in what she was doing. She asked me if I wanted to be featured. And so each day she asked me a different prompt. Um, the week had a theme that I came up with and mine was mental health um, because that's something I'm passionate about. And each day was a different prompt that asked me a question or I gave advice um, and everything kind of had that underlying theme of mental health. So I appreciate it that you enjoyed it. And I think what she's doing is really fun and helps her and helps others. So, yeah. Yeah, like you said, helping helping both sides. Like you said, it's interesting and I think important for, um, especially using social media these days, which is the you know the medium it seems for moving messages and, and awareness and, and right. stuff. and so when when these prompts came through i guess how did you sort of thinking about that right thinking about the audience and how you know open you could be or you know what you could share or be helpful how, how did you sort of approach that then 
Right. I mean, going back. So it's funny because my job is essentially working with advertisers who want to get their brand's name out there. So they use a media company like mine, Bleacher Report. We do sports media and marketing. And the advertiser sees value in our brand. So it's my job to kind of find that balance between these brands, like, for example, Shake Shack or McDonald's, who are trying to reach the Bleacher Report audience. Um, I find ways for both of our brands to kind of work together. So we're sending this authentic message to our followers. And so it's funny because I have to, I mean, my job is basically coming up with ideas and working with people to eventually get these messages out on social media. But I've also seen, and that's like a beautiful thing about social media and reaching these audiences. But I've also seen the downsides of social media and how they can be so destructive on people by simply just comparing yourself to others or not seeing the full picture. So what I love most about my job is storytelling. And I, I try to find ways that we can tell the best stories. Um, and that's through branded content. And hopefully, um, I mean, I think I love the most when athletes can open up and kind of show that they're human, just like others. And I don't know where your original question was, but (laughs) I think I, I, but I, yeah, I mean, I think social media is really powerful and going back to just being exposed to it in high school is when we really started using it as this kind of platform to um, create. And really it turned into when I graduated high school and moved on to college, it was this way of showing our high school friends how fun college is. But in reality, it for me, it, it wasn't that fun at first because I had a really good high school experience and I loved my friends and moving away from them was super, super hard for me. And I mean, I went to college and I had awesome people and awesome friends right at my fingertips, but I was still stuck in this. I want to go back to high school. I want to be home. So I think a lot of us were struggling with that. And one of my best friends was also going through the same type of thing because we both, I went to Princeton, she went to Penn and she was running track. I was playing basketball. We used to be the best at our sports at every sport we tried in high school. Um, humble brag, but, (laughs) but really like we were the best at everything we tried. And then we get to these institutions where everyone is the best at everything they do. (laughs) So it's like, you're all of a sudden you're not the best anymore. And you're trying to deal with that, trying to deal with moving away from home, um, trying to make new friends, trying to find your way in this very unfamiliar spot. And eventually Madison, like, none of us really knew it was that bad, but I thought I felt the same way as Madison did. And she died by suicide our freshman year. So 
from that moment forward, I got really, really interested in how mental health affects um, athletes. And myself, obviously, I got over, I had to go through a really tough time, um, kind of dealing with my own mental health struggles that lasted, I mean, still I'm dealing with it, but I think I found ways to cope with it. But I've formed this passion to really help others. And it's been hard for me because I, like I said, deal with it um, on my own, but I think it's really important to talk about it and to assure other student athletes that you don't have to be the best and you don't have to do this on your own. And there are people like professional athletes, like I love what Kevin Love was doing and Michael Phelps right now. And they're really speaking out and making sure, like, I wish I had those professional athletes in my life when I was secretly first with Madison and then openly a little bit later on in my college career, um, just dealing with, um, I, I wish I had those people that were role models for me. So I guess what I'm getting at is I just try to talk about it as much as possible and I'm trying to learn. I'm not a professional, so I can't give professional advice, but I've learned that writing and talking about it and going to therapy and honestly, yeah, just talking about it with privately or in groups really could help someone. So I try to do that as, as much as possible. Thanks for sharing that, Jack. I know that yeah. like you said the the biggest thing, and I think part of what, you know, I know it's people can't see <laughs> the campaign you did with Mac, but a lot of it, like you said, about destigmatizing and bringing awareness and helping people understand, like you said, that this is something that's okay to talk about, right? It is difficult. And, and there are a lot of, you know, especially now, like you said, more even than, you know, four or five, six years ago, an understanding and a cultural sort of more comfort, at least, with a really uncomfortable and difficult, difficult topic, but one that's so important. So no, I think right now, especially too, it's a really weird time for a lot of people. And I found myself kind of in a rut some days and I'm like, why do I feel so tired or so down? And I'm like, okay, this is a weird time. <laughs> I am someone who is fueled by others and I'm not around that many people right now. So I let myself feel that and I know, okay, I'm. this is not myself right now. How can I feel this? And then move from it. And some of those things are exercising or calling up my best friends and FaceTiming them um, or writing or reading. So I think it's a matter of just talking about it, but then also finding ways to, to cope um, because it's not something that just goes away magically and you're not just going to wish it away. And it, you don't have to explain how you're feeling at all. You can just be like, I am feeling weird and tell anyone that. And I think it's important to find people that you trust, um, that you can say that to. I know right now a lot of people are struggling and I am really, really fortunate to still have a job and awesome friends and supportive family members. But, and it's, and it's obviously easy for me to say, just latch on to those things like writing. 
But I think this is bigger than that. And I think what some of the athletes or professional athletes are doing right now to highlight these bigger issues, systemic issues that are going on is really getting to the root of the problem that a lot more people than we think are struggling. So I think that's helpful. If there could be, like you said, in this moment, which is really difficult, a silver lining of, you know, having hopefully somewhat of a pause or, you know, a little reset for people, or even like you said, just making them because they have the time now to think about, wow, I am feeling down or weird or, or not great. What would you hope that people would take away from this time that would make things better for everybody? Yeah, I think, I think I'm really lucky to have people um, who are super supportive and especially at my job, it just like my manager, she just understands. I think, I mean, all of us have been really going through a tough time. So we're just understanding that it's okay to take a day off or it's okay to feel weird and you don't know really know why. Um, so I think the, the silver lining is probably realizing that we need each other. And I think the most important part about life is uh, finding these relationships and building relationships. And I mean, people fuel me, but I think they really fuel everyone. Like naturally we all need each other. So I think whether it's sending a handwritten note or calling up your grandma or FaceTiming an old friend I mean, I think I've done a lot more of that during this time. And I think a lot of us have more time right now. So just finding those connections and maybe bringing those old connections back um, has been something that is pretty tangible for me to grasp onto. How about you? Uh, I think, like you said, a lot of a lot of similar stuff where I just you know, having some perspective, right, on what's important, right. what's quote normal, and realizing, you know, I like to think that I was relatively, you know, sort of aligned and, you know, settled, what have you, those types of things. And like you said, everyone is having a tough time. And some of it's also look, realizing, you know, like, how much of our lives are sort of set in a routine or tied to that, the way in which the, some of those things that we thought oh maybe didn't affect us or matter as much. There's a lot of stuff that actually does really impact us in our life. And usually we're too busy probably to notice those things. Right. Um, but I think it's a, it's a reminder, a solid reminder to, you know, take a step back and think about, you know, what is important. Like you said, it's your health, it's your well-being, it's other people, right? It's not how many hours that you log at your job or, you know, how many things you make or, you know, accomplish, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, those things don't necessarily, even if to a certain degree, they can, they can be rewarding. Um, you know, they can also go away <laughs> really quickly. I think as we've seen with right. the last six months, right? Those things very quickly stop mattering in the same way. And what, what stayed, what continued to matter were all those other little things, right? That we probably take for granted to a certain extent. So that's sort of been part of the, the realization for me, um, you know, even if I had right. some of those things in my life, 
a lot of it was sort of about well, how much attention or priority was I giving them? And so that's something I think that I had to think about. Right. And even I think for us as a society, we're really, really seeing what essential means, essential workers and essential things that we need. They hold so much more value than we've been giving them because you're right. Like we've been taking things for granted. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully things change and for the better, but I think this has been a time where, yeah, like, like you said, like the good, but also sometimes the bad has been really highlighted. Like you said, I think it's also, it's, it's tough to remain optimistic. It's funny, actually talking to people like you helps me remain more optimistic, (laughs) you know, that other people are thinking about about how, you know, how we can get through it together. Um, But like you said, there's, everyone's going to have a moment and just, you know, need to, Someone said something I think it was really interesting, like being kind with, to yourself or to others, right? Being sort yeah. of having some grace and forgiveness, even if they are perhaps not acting like they deserve it, <laughs> you know, just, just taking a step back and trying to think about that. Totally. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I appreciate that being positive point, but that's really what I, I try to do, especially with my work team and even my basketball team and group of alumni, like. I've just tried tried to find the positive things that have been happening. Like we've been getting together and having Zoom chats, um, a bunch of alumni, um, or I've been seeing, I've honestly been seeing my grandma from afar a lot more than I probably would have if I was working in the city. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's important to, to find those positive positives. Um, because that's how we're going to stay sane right now. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine having kids right now. That is tough. Yeah. I think for those folks the world is really like you said essential. Uh <laughs> teachers now yeah. are, are like the oh everyone's MVP because like you said with the spring schools closing and now a lot of places their fall is really unsettled as well. But for people to be with their kids all the time in that way and even people who you know, I think formally, if you think about it, a lot of people also decide to stay at home and give their and have childcare with their kids then, especially before they before the kids are of school age. But it sort of makes you think about, like you said, them in normal times and you know, right. grocery store workers and you know what's essential, like you said. But the the child piece has, I think, really affected folks. Man, yeah, no, a bunch of my coworkers have little kids, mm-hmm. and. I think we've all just been very forgiving of each other because, I mean, it's been very cute uh, for me to see all the kids because I love seeing them on the little screen. But for them, I know it's been really hard. Um, And I just have no idea what that's like. And again, going back to the appreciation part, like I am so appreciative of my parents for being so awesome. But some people don't have that. Like my cousin right now, she has three kids twins who are 10 and a girl who's 13 and she raised them on her own and now she is she needs to homeschool them because she's a teacher and she would need to be there all five days but she can't get a babysitter it's a mess but she's sacrificing her job to teach them all year little things like that you know craziness well things might get crazier before they get all the, you know, if they go back to normal, I don't, I don't like saying that either because I think we've learned that normal 
like I said, could go away in the you know snap of a finger. But we'll get we'll get to better. Maybe we'll get to a better place. For sure. One with more lobster roll. I hope. <laughs> I do know one thing: my lobsters are still out in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. But least of the least of my worries, least of the problems in the world. Uh, we have we need to have things to look forward to, right? <laughs> I guess so. Well, Jack, it's been great talking, catching up, and, and hearing hearing from you. I don't want to you know, keep you from what should be the rest of your sunny Labor Day weekend the last couple hours. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm glad we finally got to do it. <laughs> Thanks to Jackie for what you do to help others and how you opened up to share and remind us that we don't have to do this alone. We need each other. Be kind. And with that, we'll talk soon. In two weeks, that is.